FM. To the time is 9 o'clock and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Hello and welcome to Tanchama Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Tuesday, February 13th on today's show. We're really highlighting um, a lack of organization and formal policy updates, as well as a lack of funding allocation, um, specifically in the Department of Student Affairs. Fourth-year sociology students Isabella Gallant and Isabella Matchett are two of the 30 students who have submitted a letter to the Mount Allison Board of Regents asking them to look into organizational and resource issues with the school's Department of Student Affairs, headed up by Ann Comfort. We'll hear more from Gallant and Matchett coming up shortly, but first... Tanchamar Council is meeting tonight for its regular monthly council meeting. The agenda includes a closed-door session at 6.30 p.m. so that council can discuss four different legal matters. Then the public portion of the meeting starts at 7 p.m. The agenda includes two public presentations. Tracy Wade is presenting on Health Adapt, a funding program managed by Health Canada designed to help build climate change and health adaptation capacity. Then local resident Lorianne Ronas will present on pesticide and heavy metal concerns. Regular council business includes the approval of $110,000 in community grants for 2024, which represents about half of the amount requested by local groups for funding this year. Council will also be asked to approve just over $42,000 from its utility budget for a replacement pump on one of the wells that supplies Sackville's water. The town's flag protocol policy is also up for approval, as well as first and second readings of a bylaw designed to keep pedestrians off the town's bridges. Council is also being asked to increase the allowable amounts in the town's purchasing bylaw to be in line with the Provincial Procurement Act for municipalities. Council meets at Sackville Town Hall tonight with the public meeting starting at 7 p.m. Now for today's feature story. A group of student leaders at Mount Allison are sounding the alarm about what they call a consistent decline in the services provided by Mount Allison's Student Affairs Department. The group of 30 students have sent a detailed package to the school's Board of Regents in advance of their meeting this Thursday, telling of empty food banks, high staff turnover and vacant positions, new resources that sit unapproved and unreleased by university administration, and a pattern of reactive policymaking that leaves the Department of Student Affairs looking poorly organized and under-resourced. Isabella Gallant is one of the 30 names on the letter, and the fourth-year sociology student is the driving force behind it. As co-lead for the Mount Allison chapter of the mental health awareness and advocacy group Jack.org, Gallant says she has a list of frustrations with resources for students, and when she reached out to fellow student leaders, she heard similar concerns. Just based on my own personal experience, I started sending emails before Christmas, just reaching out to different students and saying, hey, I, I'm i really fed up. Are you really fed up too? And then the response from everyone I reached out to was, yes, let's do this. Here are my concerns. Um, so it was a lot of back and forth collaboration of, okay, I want to have your perspective. Like, let's put make sure this perspective is represented. Gallant assembled the 32-page document for the Board of Regents, which includes letters from other student leaders, including the president of the Black Student Union, the president of Enactus Mount Allison, and a former Mount Allison Student Union Accessibility Affairs Coordinator. She acknowledges it doesn't represent all student concerns, but says the group tried to incorporate as many perspectives as possible. And the document is wide-ranging. 
covering issues in mental health supports, services geared to racialized groups, support for the 2SLGBTQIA community, campus inaccessibility, and food insecurity. Gallant says there are common denominators to all the issues identified. We're really highlighting um, a lack of organization and formal policy updates, as well as a lack of funding allocation, um, specifically in the Department of Student Affairs. And the reason we wrote to the Board of Regents specifically um, is because they oversee the funding that is allocated to the department. Um, so we felt it was appropriate to go straight to the Board of Regents to let them know that there are some problems we've observed with a lack of resources, as well as um, some disorganization in the department that seems to be diluting the support that are available. Gallant says the Board of Regents has acknowledged the letter and told her they would be taking it very seriously. In a statement to CHMA, the university says it received the lengthy document and that senior administration is taking the time to international and student affairs, who in turn oversees two directors, Matthew Maston, the Director of Accessibility and Student Wellness, and Denai Belanger, the Director of Student Experience. But there are dozens of positions included in student affairs, from counselors to nurses to residence dons. The student letter highlighted recent turnover and vacancies in some of these positions, such as the Black Student Advisor, who left in 2022, as well as the Indigenous Affairs Coordinator and the Sexual Violence Prevention and Education Coordinator, who left more recently. It's really disappointing for a lot of students when they see a friendly and familiar face be gone after six months. Um... And I I really just question, is there follow-up interviews happening? You know, are are we questioning why are staff leaving so quickly? Um, Why are positions so brief? You know, I I think these are questions that we should be asking. And it it just seems that nobody is raising the the questions in any any specific area. Mm -hmm. On Monday afternoon, the university announced a replacement for Patty Musgrave, the departed Indigenous Affairs Coordinator, who left in the fall. Scott Peters from the Wakagma First Nation in Cape Breton will take over the position on February 20th. And in response to an inquiry from CHMA, Mount Allison Communications officials say there is a hiring process underway for a Black student advisor and a sexual violence prevention and education coordinator, though they did not share a timeline for when the positions will be filled. Isabella Matchett is a friend of Gallant's and another fourth-year sociology student who contributed to the letter. She worked as a student intern for eight months, helping develop the university's positive space training modules under then sexual violence prevention and education coordinator, Tasia Alexopoulos, who has since left the job. Really, the goal with these modules was to focus on educating and empowering our campus and our community members to be caring allies and knowledgeable advocates for the queer and trans individuals, either here on campus or at the community. And as to my knowledge right now, this has not been made available. Matchett says the modules she helped create have been stuck at the administrative approval stage for about 200 days. And it just has simply been neglected, I would say. I've been in constant communication with um, some people that have been trying to put this out and working on it, and it just doesn't seem to be pushed as much as it should. Matchett says she noticed a difference in the availability of student services between Mount Allison and St. Thomas University, where she attended her first year of university. They were so accessible and helpful and always willing to be there. And I think once I got to Mount Allison, I noticed that it was super hard just to access any kind of resource. And I mean, coming 
out of COVID, I guess, <laughs> and kind of looking back, like I can see exactly how there would be barriers. Like everyone was overworked, students and staffs, but I, I'm compassionate, but I'm also believing that time has passed and there has been time to make real changes to the programs and supports that Mount Allison offers, and it just hasn't been done. Gallant also spent a considerable amount of time working on a project that did not have the results she expected. So I spent um, about eight months developing the Garnet Guide for Students, which is a comprehensive guide to navigating wellness at Mount Allison. Um, But now, unfortunately, um, most people I speak with who have used the guide are unable to access the services within the guide because they're all booked until the end of the year. And Mount Allison's student food bank, the pantry, is also tapped out, says Gallant. We went into the food bank last week to check it out, and it was locked, empty, and completely disorganized. The fridge was broken and no longer functioning. The door was ripped off. And my concern is if a student finally gets up the courage to go to the food bank and ask for help, and they walk in, and there's just some clothes in the corner on the floor and maybe two cans, I think that that's really discouraging for students. So I think if we're going to advertise that we have a resource like a student food bank, it needs to be prioritized and upkept. Um, I do think it's it's a positive sign that the day we released our press release, the food bank was restocked. Um, so I'm happy to see that, and I really hope that it remains that way. The group letter also cites issues with accessibility of spaces and buildings on the Mount Allison campus and contrasts the hefty amounts of funding going to other renovation projects, such as the Athletic Center and the library. The letter asks, why hasn't it been a priority to render spaces at Mount Allison University physically accessible when other renovation projects are receiving significant funding? Our concern is that we feel the ball has been dropped on a lot of really important projects and resources. And we as students are tasked with the responsibility to advocate and push for these resources. But I don't feel it should be our responsibility to advocate for these resources when we are full-time students that need the support ourselves. Gallant and Matchett both agree that despite the long list of issues raised in their letter, there are likely more concerns out there, and they are hoping the university takes the initiative to find out what they are. I would further like to see the university call an open meeting where all students can voice their concerns because not everyone has the platform that comes with leading a group on campus to be able to speak out about these issues. So we don't know who's still behind the scenes saying, well, you know, what about this that's not addressed in the letter? So I really hope this can be an ongoing conversation. Um, And to me, this is just the beginning of a lot of frustrated people um, coming together. At the end of the day, um, this letter is really an effort to open up conversation and collaboration um, among the campus community, and I really hope to see it taken that way um, and responded to with reciprocity and compassion um, rather than defensiveness. Um, But yeah, I have have high hopes, and uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I think every every person that wrote a letter is is looking for something to to be addressed um, with full transparency and, like you said, not with defensiveness. Um, and I think too, like just as student leaders, we did put some time and energy, especially Bella, into this letter. And you know, we are hoping for 
for a triumph on our end, but not just for us, but for the entirety of the student body. That's Isabella Matchett, and before her, Isabella Gallant, two fourth-year sociology students who are among a group of 30 who have written to the school's Board of Regents about what they call a consistent decline in the services provided by Mount Allison's Student Affairs Department. The Mount Allison Board of Regents meets this Thursday. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Tuesday, February 13th. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm, I'm, my name is Jose, and I'm hanging out here with John McKeel. Hi, John. Hi, Jose. Hi. And uh, we can do anything right now. Uh, we are here at Sappy Fest. We're really excited about it. It's really fun. Right, John? Yeah, it's so, it's so great. CHMA and, uh, is so great. CHMA, thank you. 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Have a beautiful day. <laughs> Bye. And here's Brian Nielsen with your CHMA Sports Update. It's Tuesday, February 13th. This is your CHMA Sports Update. Four games in the NHL last night. The New Jersey Devils beat the visiting Seattle Kraken 3-1. Calgary Flames get shut out on the road by the New York Rangers. Philadelphia Flyers with a 5-3 victory over Arizona. And the Minnesota Wild beat to the defending standing cup champions Las Vegas Golden Knights 5-3 out in Sin City uh, in the NBA last night rookie phenom Victor Wimbayama from the San Antonio Spurs records a triple double in just under 30 minutes of play and the San Antonio Spurs beat the Toronto Raptors 122-99 in downtown Toronto in other action, the Hornets beat the Pacers 111-102. 76ers squeak by the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road 123-121. Atlanta Hawks lose by 10 to the Chicago Bulls in the ATL on a controversial last play foul. The Houston Rockets make the free throws. They beat the visiting New York Knicks 105-103. New Orleans Pelicans with a 96-87 victory over the Grizz in Memphis. Milwaukee Bucks in a possible NBA Finals matchup beat the Denver Chicken Nuggets 112-95. Mavericks with the 8-point victory in Big D over the Wizards 112-104. Warriors beat the Jazz by 22 in Utah. And lastly, the Minnesota Timberwolves all over the Los Angeles Clippers in Crypto.com Arena 121-100. And in the Marshview Middle School gym last night, the Marshview Middle School girls basketball team lose a four-point decision at home. That is your CHMA Sports Update for Tuesday, February 13th. And that was Brian Nielsen with your sports update. Don't forget to tune in weekdays 8, 9, 12, and 5 for Brian's sports update. And of course, listen to the morning show Mondays, 7.30 about 9. And there's also some sports commentary at 8.30. Thanks so much, Brian.
What's up? My name is Avaya Mikey. We are out here in Sackville, New Brunswick right now, and I'm super stoked we're about to play Sappy Fest. You are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Hi, this is Heather Wells from Bridge Street Snack Shop. Check out our wide selection of daily specials, including our Monday Slice Day and our Wednesday Mini L&Bs. Our hours are Monday to Wednesday, 11 to 8, Thursday and Friday, 11 to 9, and Saturday, 12 to 9. That was amazing. Thank you, Dave and Coco, for that lovely introduction that you just did. All right, everyone. Hello. Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Late Morning Show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Broadcasting live to all of you beautiful CHMA listeners from the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center, otherwise known as the Mount Allison Student Center. I am your late morning host, JC, and you just listened to Brian with your sports update, and before that was your Tantramar Report, courtesy of Erica Butler. So thank you, too, very much for those informative minutes, and of course, for your consistent contributions uh, to the greater community. They are greatly appreciated. So thank you once again. Now, the time is 9.18 a.m. on this beautiful Tuesday morning. It is it is gorgeous outside. The sun is shining. The sky is blue. Uh, and I have heard through the grapevine. Um, the grapevine is the people I know, if, if, you were, if you were wondering. And it looks like there isn't going to be as much snow as was once thought this evening. But we can check that out right now. So it's time for a local weather update. Currently, it is minus three degrees outside. Mainly sunny today, increasing cloudiness this morning. Wind around the usual 20 kilometers an hour this afternoon, a high of minus three and a wind chill of minus 12 this morning, but then warming up to a minus seven this afternoon. Cloudy tonight with flurries beginning in the evening and ending overnight. So just flurries. Initially, it was a good amount of snow, just flurries for this evening. A low of minus 8 and a wind chill near minus 15 overnight. Tomorrow, Wednesday, cloudy with a l- with light snow beginning late in the morning. Uh, with a high of minus 5. And flurries in the evening with a low of minus 5 as well. Thursday, it's going to be clear all day going to be beautiful with a high of zero and a low of minus 14 and then on friday to finish off the work week what is the work week for most people a mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus four and cloudy periods in the evening with a low of minus 11 and that beautiful beautiful weather a little bit cold but beautiful nonetheless is carrying over into the weekend so on saturday a mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus three and cloudy periods in the evening with a low of minus 16. And that is being 
almost identically mirrored. Uh, Sunday, mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus 5 and cloudy periods with a low of minus 13. And that is your local weather update. Honestly, it looks like it's going to be a great week. Uh, it's it's weird, weird temperatures. It seems like we've only had a few weeks of, uh, maybe it's more than that. We've had a good amount of weeks of snow and uh, cold weather, but it looks to be warming up quite a bit. And I'm excited about that. It's a, it's a lot more fun to go for walks outside uh, and to do things outside in general. Now, in other news, in, in news relating to things you do inside, uh, last night there was the first of two Craig Lectures. It is the 47th annual Craig Lectures at Mount Allison University. Uh, and the presenter is Berenice Verhelst, an assistant professor of ancient Greek at the University of Amsterdam. Um, also, Berenice has worked uh, very diligently uh, with one of the professors at the university here and even visited last summer beginning of last summer, last May, I believe, uh, into June, with a couple students from uh, Germany and uh, I believe, I believe one of them was from the University of Amsterdam as well. Um, It might have been a university in Denmark, or maybe they're all from the University of Rostock in Germany. Either way, uh, the first lecture was last night on Greek mythology for Christians and an epic-style gospel uh, particularly focused around Nonus of Panopolis. And it was really, really interesting. Uh, I am generally interested in um, Greek mythology of any any sort and uh, epic style poetry. Uh, but it was really interesting to see these uh, paraphrases. It's, it's like, it's a paraphrasis um, of the gospel, but it's an epic style and it's embellished heavily. Uh, just think of, this is the way I think of it. I don't know if this is the correct way of, uh, of kind of envisioning it. Uh, a good comparison might be you have these original stories, um, these original perhaps historical accounts on, on like Julius Caesar, for example, and then you have uh, Shakespeare who comes along and uh, heavily embellishes it and um, makes it makes it theater, makes it performative in a lot of ways. So I thought it was really interesting uh, that Nonus of Panopolis is doing this uh, with the gospel and, uh, and all Christian literature. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, and that's carrying over into tonight. So come on out for... Um, the next one, and it's called From Penelope and Nausicaa to Eve and Mary, Female Perspectives in the Christian Kento Poetry of Empress Eudocia. I'm definitely saying that wrong, Eudocia. Um, but that is tonight at 4.30 p.m. in the Crabtree Auditorium. And if you're not sure what the Crabtree Auditorium is, it is the building that is attached uh, by the breezeway, the little open space in between the library. So you have the Mount Allison Library and then that space in between. And then on the other side of that uh, is the 
Crabtree building and the Crabtree Auditorium is on the main floor uh, and it is the largest room. It's a very large room. Um, this is free and uh, I didn't announce it last time, but they have snacks and coffee and that sort of thing as well. They had, um, what are they? <laughs> I feel I feel not Canadian uh, thinking about what they're Nanaimo bars that's what that's what they are okay they had Nanaimo bars there uh always great always uh, a staple anyways once again 4 30 this evening at the Crabtree Auditorium it is free uh come on by ask any questions that you would like afterwards uh I think I want to ask a question already uh just based off of yesterday uh thinking about uh the uses of digital methods in the humanities uh and in terms of like I, I don't know that much about it just that it can it can quite literally take um years of of time off of research um which that is exciting for everybody and anyone trying to do things. And obviously that has applicable, it's applicable beyond anything that, um, that Berenice is currently doing. Uh, it's a- applicable to all types of literature. Um, you could even take the late Victorian period and, uh, be like, okay, every time there is direct speech in Oscar Wilde, uh, I don't know if there is direct speech. I don't know enough about Oscar Wilde, but, um, yeah, you could use it. And then uh, you have these programs that are coded and can then, that's an oversimplification, but it can then um, determine all of these different areas that it thinks are uh, are direct speech. And then you can go in and, uh, and look at them yourselves and make your own opinions. But it saves an absolute... Uh, incredible amount of time and is likely the future of academia um, specifically centered around the humanities anyways that is enough from me let's get into some awesome music uh, particularly some canadian music like super duty tough work they are a canadian art rap hip-hop group uh, from winnipeg manitoba and what's really interesting about them and I just find this fascinating. Um, they are fronted by an eight-piece an eight-piece band of both local and international musicians, but they use live instruments to recreate the sound and feel of classic hip hop production tools. So they are making uh, their own beats, basically uh, live, which is just super awesome. Anyhow. This is Super Duty Tough Work with their song, Quiet Strength. You've said many times, and Maridelle Lesseur, who has indeed survived to be, what, 81, mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. recently, you know, I mean, survival is the best resistance. Um, it and, is. And when you can mix it with joy and other pieces of power, I have you to really tell have... You, uh, I have to tell you, Lent, I need to... to perhaps talk a little more about survival because when I say that I have heard people say oh but I'm not content to survive because and implicit in that response is a certain kind of denigration of what survival is that is to say they reduce survival to mere existence and that is not survival implicit in survival is joy mobility and effectiveness. And effectiveness is always relative. I mean, none of us are going to move the earth one millimeter from its axis. But if we do what we need to be doing, 
then we will leave something that continues beyond ourselves, and that is survival. Yo. Tears of joy as I step into ascension No longer stressing suckers on the block I'm in a new dimension Sometimes it's best to go away to gain a new perspective Beyond the charlatans and frauds and all their loose intentions Add the pressure moving through depression movements We make typhoons brew but you know I never lose direction Stakes is high you better use discretion But there's a war going on outside It's best to choose a weapon When my pen hits there's no pretending feds Send the henchmen we ain't bending even threatened by a shakedown all eyes on us like pot caught in a stakeout in apartheid states my done and i ain't talking cape town and a love child stuck in a digital playground they say we about to break out i'm just trying not to break down trying to watch my weight but these days all i eat is cake now every record of rebirth is labor to get these tapes out every labor to get these tapes out Trapped in the past, living with ghosts So vivid and close, feel like Malcolm gripping the toast I'm still on my toes, numbing the pain, sipping these lows We're still on the road, killing these shows, killing them slow Used to be kitted and low, now it's no logo on clothes Less it's my own when I'm gripping these notes Squeezing through for my window is closed Forgiving my foes, but keeping them close Hear I'm speaking in code, man But they could never get this loot bag Screw face back in my shows like I could do that Go on, pursue that Cutie pie, pull up those bootstraps Dudes with catalogs while we acclaimed off a few tracks Couple nights in the psych ward to get my groove back Baby, it's peace All my people's dealing with grief, man, even in sleep It's that deep, yo, we need a relief And steal the scene just from speaking my peace I'm 